friends, we are back once again to talk to each other. One-sided, of course. Only I'm talking. You're listening because I have a podcast and you don't. <laughs> um, welcome. Thank you for listening, as always. Um, I appreciate you. I love that you're here. Um, means, you know, just the absolute world to me. We talked about my favorite things last week. Did you try them? Did you look them up? Did you buy them? Did you? Hmm? That's okay if you didn't, you know. They're just my recommendations. I don't really care if the only thing that you do is that when you stop and see Vejas that somebody else is wearing and you go, ah, that's Maddie's favorite shoe. That's good enough for me. But this week we're going to talk about books. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me that they just really can't get into reading or they used to love to read and they just don't have time anymore. Um, I feel like a lot of people want to read, but they just don't or they don't know how to find good books. Um, they don't know where to find them. They don't have a library card, whatever. First of all, get a library card. It's actually super easy. Um, you go into the library, take your ID with you. They want to know where you live. They want to make sure that you live in the jurisdiction. Um, and then they're going to give you a library card. They even these days, if and you didn't know, give you a little keychain to put on your keys. Um, that is essentially your library card. So you don't have to remember to bring your library card with you. Um, if you just have your keys, then you have your library card. It's fantastic. Um, so go to library card. Next, make time to read. If it's important to you, make time to read. If you don't care to read and you don't want to make time for it, why not? You should be, you should be reading because, you know, we could talk about all of the reasons that you should read being all scientific about it essentially you know helps prevent alzheimer's helps you be interesting in conversation gives you friends makes you uh those are the reasons i know (laughs) also it's just it's good it's good to expand your brain and all that stuff so um i will say i didn't really think, I mean, I used to like reading a lot and I feel like I got away from it for a long time because I didn't find, I like, I just didn't know what to read. I don't, I didn't feel like I wanted to read anything that everybody recommended. Um, but there was one book. We're just going to hop right into it. There was the first book that I read that I was like, oh, I actually really like reading. I just haven't really been able to find books that I like. It is called The Monk of Mocha. If you are my friend, you've heard me talk about The Monk of Mocha. It is a nonfiction story, which are the books that I really like. So I really love nonfiction, specifically memoirs. You guys know I'm a people of the girly of the people, people of the girl, (laughs) girl of the people. I love people's stories. I think that people are just fantastic. I think they're interesting. I think that I think wonderful things about people. So if it's a true story about somebody, I'm very interested in it um, as long as it's told well too, um, you will find that even if a story sounds interesting, if somebody's a boring writer, you're not going to want to read it. You're not going to finish it. Um, I probably shouldn't have jumped in so fast because I do have other things to say. So hold on to the monk monk just a second. Um, if you're reading a book and you're 20, let's say 40, if you're 40 pages in and you don't really feel like running to pick it up, just ditch it, take it back to the library give it to a friend. I don't know, but it's really not going to be worth your time to finish a book that you're not into by 40 pages. 
maybe it's the best book in the world and you'll never know. Who cares? If you don't want to read it, like, don't read it. Um, find books that you really like. Um, explore different topics. Find recommendations from friends. Um, if you know of one book that you did really like, search books similar to that or look up the same writer. Honestly, I'm still trying to figure that out. I have a couple. So here's how I find a book that I like or want to read. There's a pretty much, I know the kind of book that I like. So this last year, what I really loved was nonfiction, um, like biography, autobiography specifically. I like people telling their own story. Um, the Monk of Mocha Tech, it, it, it just so happens to be somebody else telling somebody's story, but they're like directly tied to them, if that makes sense. Um, so I go to the bookstore, my local bookstore or my library, um, and I go to the section of book that I'm looking at that I know that I'm interested in that I tend to lean towards. Um, I find a book that, you know what? I'm going to say it. The cover looks interesting. <laughs> okay, your brain's going to gravitate to certain ones. That doesn't mean it's the most, you know, perfect looking cover or the most grabbing colors. Um, it just means like one that your brain says, hmm, I think I'm going to like that one. That's fine. Go buy the cover. Who cares? And then you're going to just flip to like maybe look in the book cover, you know, see if there's a short description. Most of the time what I do is I just open it to a random page and I read a paragraph. If I want to keep reading that page, if I make it to like the end of the next page, I'll take the book home because a good writer can pretty much grab your attention no matter what they're writing about. So it doesn't really matter what they're writing about. If you can open it up and it grabs you in that page and you want to keep reading, take the book home. Um, sometimes I will read the synopsis. Um, but yeah, like I said, a lot of times I don't. The other thing is to establish a good reading routine. Come up with a time of day or maybe it's just once a week that you read. Um, when we did 75 hard, the goal was 10. It's like 10 pages a day for 75 hard. And that was a really nice place to start because you don't have to commit to a chapter. You don't have to commit to like this huge section. You can set your own goal, set five pages a day, set like you just want to read maybe like five pages a week. Just find yourself a routine that's going to consistently work for you and that you look forward to. The other thing is if you actually find a book that you like, you won't have to find a routine. You're just going to read it because you're interested in the book. You're interested in the story. It's going to feel like you're binging a TV show and you can't stop watching it. Um, so the most important thing is going to be to find a book that you like. If you find a book and you think you're into it and you get 40 pages in, you're like, holy crap, I'm so bored. I'm dreading picking up this book. I don't want to. Just don't do it. Take it back. Find a new one. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of books out there. You do not need to read a book that's not interesting to you. Okay. So you found your book. You found your routine. Um, you're looking for your next book. You're looking for a recommendation. You're asking a friend. Hello, I'm that friend. Let's get into it. <laughs> The, oh, also you should buy a really cool bookmark. <laughs> the end. Um, my parents make really cool bookmarks out of trees, local trees. Mine is made from, I can't remember what kind of tree, but it's a wooden bookmark. It's super cool. It's like 15 bucks, which you know what? It's more than a paper one. Also, you can use whatever for a bookmark. I'm a big dog ear, the page person. You probably should not do that, especially if it's a library book. Um, so anyways, <laughs> Make it fun. Get a cool, get a cool little bookmark. Anyways, so the Monk of Mocha, we're going back. 
this is my first recommendation. It's the book that I tell everybody to read because it's the book that got me back into reading. It is about coffee. How appropriate for my podcast. Um, I'm also drinking coffee right now because it actually is, well, it's 2.50 technically, but 2.50 is basically 2.30. Uh, mm, 2.50 is basically 2.30. So we're drinking coffee right now, taking a sip. If you hate the sound, please ignore it. I hate this sound, so I'm going to drive myself insane. But for the vibes, for the ASMR, cold cup of joe. Monk of Mocha is about a Yemeni American man. He comes to America. It's about his story growing up here. It starts him growing up here. So this is like a different writer um, that met him and is telling his story. But he is like quoted all throughout it. Obviously, he's very involved in the story. It's his story. So it's a Yemeni American man. He finds out that coffee started in Yemen. It started in Mocha in Yemen, the port of Mocha, M-O-K-H-A. No, wait, M-O-H-K-A? Mocha, M-O-K-H-A. I think that's right. So the port of Mocha. So that was the first export. Then one day, somebody stole a coffee plant and they took it to, oh shoot, Columbia? You would think that like any information would stick in my brain and I would have a hundred facts and figures to share at all times, but I just don't because everything like goes in one ear and out the other. Literally, it's so annoying. Okay, so essentially somebody steals the coffee plant, right? And they go and plant it, they start cultivating it, whatever. Coffee spreads. Everybody starts making coffee, growing coffee, selling coffee, exporting coffee, blah, 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 blah. Yemen gets left behind, okay? They're not as, I don't want to say advanced. They're not, they can't keep up. They have their own civil issues and it causes them to not quite be able to keep up with essentially what's what's going on in the coffee industry. Um, so their quality goes down because they're not staying in touch where they don't get the same information and like research and everything, whatever that the rest of the world is getting when it comes to coffee. And so nobody drinks Yemeni coffee because it's like gross compared to other coffee. So anyways, this guy goes back to Yemen to teach the farmers how to grow coffee. So first he like goes, he figures out what actually needs to be done to produce like the best cup of coffee, like the best. He talks to experts He talks to, like, the people who are in charge of, like, rating coffee, okay, ranking it. Um, He learns everything that he can, and then he goes back to Yemen to teach the farmers how to actually farm coffee up to the standards of the rest of the world. Um, And then the civil 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 war begins in Yemen, Um, and it's, it's very interesting, and it's just about his journey teaching these farmers. But in the meantime, you learn a lot about coffee, you learn how it's produced, you learn what goes into the farming of it. And um, like I was saying last week, um, coffee should be more expensive. I really, really believe that. So this guy sells his coffee. Um, It's called Port of Mocha. It is rather pricey compared to the coffee that you would get at a regular grocery store. 
I think that there's nothing wrong with this. I think that especially in a place where this plant does not grow, each coffee bean has to be picked by hand. So think about how many coffee beans go into one cup of coffee, like quite a few. Um, so coffee should be more. It should be a delicacy. It should not be something that we, you know, chug down every morning mixed with sugar and syrup and milk and all of that. It's, it's a shame, really. Like we got done reading this plant, we're reading this plant, reading this book. I, I made Parker read it too. And we we're both like, holy crap. I cannot believe we're mixing our coffee with anything. Um, I still pretty much feel like that fantastic book. Definitely recommend. It is called The Monk of Mocha and it is by Dave Eggers. Um, you can get it. So if they don't have it at your local bookstore, you can get it on Thrift Books. Um, it, right now it's $5. It's four forty nine. Um, Thrift Books is a place that you can buy used books. Um, it's usually the first place that I go check um, when I want to get my books. Um, there's a couple cop, cop, bleh, bleh, bleh. there's a couple copies on thrift books for about $5. Otherwise like at target, it's 10 and you still have to order it. So you might as well order it from thrift books. If you're going to, it's half the price. Um, and you know, you're, you're being sustainable. You're buying a used copy. Um, secondly, next book that I will recommend to you is Tuesdays with Maury. Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album, A-L-B-O-M. Um, this is, again, nonfiction about a student who has grown up and gone back to talk to his professor, his college professor. He goes back to talk to his college professor about essentially life lessons. So he is now an adult. His, I'm, I'm not spoiling the book. This is, one, a pretty well-known book. And two, um, it's literally just the synopsis of the book. So his professor is sick and dying, um, and he only has a little bit of time left with this person that he really, really loves and admires. So he goes back to visit him every Tuesday, um, and they just talk about life. So I'm going to read a quick excerpt, excerpt for you to hear. Um, give you a little taste of the way that I like to pick books. Just read a random part. So this is, you know, just like the middle of the book. Um, and it says, forgive yourself before you die, then forgive others. This was a few days after the Nightline interview. The sky was rainy and dark and Maury was beneath a blanket. I sat at the far end of his chair, holding his bare feet. They were calloused and curled and his toenails were yellow. I had a small jar of lotion and I squeezed him into my hands and began to massage his ankles. It was another of the things I had watched his helpers do for months, and now, in an attempt to hold on to what I could of him, I had volunteered to do it myself. The disease had left Maury without the ability to even wiggle his toes, yet he could still feel pain, and massages helped to relieve it. Also, of course, Maury liked being held and touched. At this point, anything I could do to make him happy, I was going to do. Mitch, he said, returning to the subject of forgiveness, there is no point in keeping vengeance or stubbornness. These things, he sighed, these things I so regret in my life. Pride, vanity, why do we do the things that we do? The importance of forgiveness was my question. I had seen those movies where the patriarch of the family is on his deathbed and he calls for his estranged son so that he can make peace before he goes. 
I wondered if Maury had any of that inside him, a sudden need to say, I'm sorry, before he died. I love this book. This is one of those books that you finish and you just kind of need a minute to sit and think because every single part of this book makes you contemplate your life, makes you think about the things that you maybe want in your life or it's really good. And it also makes you just think about if you were going to die, if you, somebody you loved was going to die, what are the truly important things in your life? Um, it's a very classic book. It's pretty old at this point. Um, you've probably heard of it. Um, I would say that this is a pretty, this is a really good place to start because it's also pretty small. Um, it's almost 200 pages, but it's, it's like a really little book. The text is pretty large. Um, so it's a pretty quick read and an easy one to start with if, you know, you don't know where to start with books. (laughs) The next book that I'm going to recommend to you is called The Untethered Soul. So a lot of people will tell you to read The Four Agreements if you're looking for like a spiritual, like growth book. Um, I'm not going to tell you that because I don't think that The Four Agreements is worth your time. I Here's the thing. I do think that The Four Agreements is worth your time to read, but I don't think that it was as like mind-boggling and mind-changing as people make it sound. To me, a lot of it was like, yeah, no duh, I already knew I should be doing that like taking nothing personally is one of the four agreements and everybody kind of knows that that's what you should do. So I don't think that it's earth shattering. I think that it is a good read. And if you are interested in that topic, probably is like a good one to start with. What I'm going to recommend to you instead is The Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer, S-I-N-G-E-R. This one is again, nonfiction. Um, I feel like this is what I wanted for agreements to be. It goes much further into like, like breaking down the ego and making yourself actually look at like your insides, making you look at like the way that you see the world kind of in the way that everybody makes the four agreements sound, except I feel like this like actually does it. I will say I don't love the voice of this book at all times. Um, it's kind of got that, like, like it's almost oversimplified to me. Like the language could be more interesting, but at the same time, it does make it like easier to read. Um, I'm just going to turn to literally like uh, the middle of it. Um, for example, we'll just grab chapter six. Um, it says very few people understand the heart. In truth, your heart is one of the masterpieces of creation. It is a phenomenal instrument. It has the potential to create vibrations and harmonies that are far beyond the beauty of pianos, strings, or flutes. You can hear an instrument, but you feel your heart. And if you think that you feel an instrument, it's only because it touched your heart. Your heart is an instrument made of an extremely subtle energy that few people come to appreciate. In most human beings, the heart does its work unattended. Even though its behavior governs the course of our lives, it is not understood. At any given point in time, the heart happens to open. We fall in love. If at any given point in time it happens to close, the love stops. If the heart happens to hurt, we get angry. And if we stop feeling it altogether, we get empty. All these things, all these different things happen because the heart goes through changes. These energy shifts and variations that take place in the heart run your life. You are so identified with them that you use the words I and me when you refer to what's going on in your heart. But in truth, you are not your heart. You are the experiences of your heart. Um, So it really, I feel like, breaks down better like an actual understanding of 
the way that we process emotion, the way that like we observe the world around us. And I really like that. Like I said, I feel like it's what I wanted the four agreements to be. So after I read that and was disappointed, I was really happy to find this book. Um, it is a fantastic read. Even if you've already read the four agreements um, and you're just kind of looking for like the next like essentially place to go from there. Um, I feel like the untethered soul is a fantastic place to go from there. Um, again, it's, I mean, it's kind of a hefty read just because of the subject matter, but I feel like overall it's a pretty easy read. It's one that I feel like I could read multiple times over. I think that this is one to keep on your shelf. Um, there's ones that I recommend, you know, getting at the library and there's ones that I recommend making a part of your personal library. Um, the ones that I'm recommending to you, I would work to accumulate in your personal library, at least just in my opinion. Um, little ASMR for you, little book ASMR. Pretty good. Um, so Tuesdays with Maury, we have The Untethered Soul, we have The Monk of Mocha. Um, I am now going to recommend to you is called The Phantom Tollbooth. This book holds a very special place in my heart. When me and my sister were younger, my dad would read this book to us. Um, I feel like we read it at least twice, but that could also be incorrect. <laughs> I've read it multiple times throughout my life, and I feel like there comes at least once every two years or so that I feel like I need to revisit this book. Um, this one is fiction. It is by Norton Juster, The Phantom Tollbooth. Um, it's an older book. I feel like 60s, maybe. Um, yeah, it's it's older. This book is, it's, it's fantasy, I think, is technically what it would be classified under. So essentially this boy um, finds himself in this like other world, essentially, um, where everything is just a little bit off um it's it's a lot of like synonyms that create like storylines or uh, I'm trying to actually like like figures of speech will be like literal um and I don't know the I don't know a better way to describe that except also you probably can't listen to it on audiobook <laughs> there's definitely parts that you can but some of it it's like words that are spelled the same or spelled different but have spelled different but sound the same um I don't really know what like the best way to describe that um but it really just kind of it's another book that really makes you like contemplate life in kind of a way that's really like the way it does it is very fun and playful but it is truly just a magical book um and again I feel like a really easy read because it's a, such an interesting story um again I'm just gonna grab an excerpt for you um, and read it. So I, I, I'm just going to read it. You, obviously you don't know the characters. Um, it's harder to just jump into a book like this to read a section than it is like a nonfiction book. Um, but here we go. What did they do? The humbug inquired, suddenly taking an interest in things. Nothing at all, continued Alec. They went right on living here just as they'd always done. In the houses they could no longer see and on the streets which had vanished because nobody had noticed a thing. And that's the way they have lived to this day. Hasn't anyone told them? Asked Milo. It doesn't do any good, Alec replied, for they can never see what they're in too much of a hurry to look for. Why don't they live in illustrations? Suggested the humbug. It's much prettier. 
Many of them do, he answered, walking in the direction of the forest once again. But it's just as bad to live in a place where what you do see isn't there, as it is to live in one where what you don't see is. Perhaps someday you can have one city as easy to see as illustrations and as hard to forget as reality, Milo remarked. That will happen only when you bring back rhyme and reason, said Alec, smiling, for he had seen right through Milo's plans. Now let's hurry or we'll miss the evening concert. They followed them quickly up a flight of steps which couldn't be seen and through a door which didn't exist. In a moment they had left reality, which is sometimes a hard thing to tell, and stood in a completely different part of the forest. The sun was dropping slowly from sight, and stripes of purple and orange and crimson and gold piled themselves on top of the distant hills. The last shafts of light waited patiently for the flight of wrens to find their way home, and a group of anxious stars had already started taking their places. I love this book. This is, this is honestly, I will always own this book. Uh, this copy that I personally have has a note from my sister in it. It's a very special book to both of us. Um, like honestly, I, I, I don't even hardly know what to say about this book because I love it so much. Um, there are illustrations throughout it too, which are worth looking at. If you do want to listen to the audiobook, it is read by, um, Rain Wilson, AKA Dwight Schrute from the office. Um, and he does a fantastic job, but it's worth finding a copy to look at the illustrations anyways, because they're very like simple, just like sketch drawings, but you also get kind of an idea of, especially because some of the things like one of the main characters is a dog called talk. Um, and so he's, he's a watchdog, for example, he's a watchdog. So he's a dog with like a watch, like a clock built into his side. Um, it's, it's so good. (laughs) You guys, fantastic book. The next book that I'm going to recommend to you is by John Green. And no, it is not a young adult novel. This is John Green's one nonfiction book. So John Green, you've probably heard the name. He wrote books like Paper Towns and The Fault in Our Stars. Um, But he put out one nonfiction book. It is called The Anthropocene Reviewed. It is essays on a human-centered planet. So he ranks or rates different things in like our world. Um, so I will, uh, once again, these books really mean so much to me. They're very powerful. They've held a really intense place in my life. Um, this book specifically I read while we are in St. Thomas and I can put myself back on our patio in St. Thomas when I read this book, which is fun. Again, I feel like this is one that you could read over and over again and always get something else out of. So I'm going to just jump in here, grab a paragraph, and these are my recommendations. I hope that you guys take them and you love them. I hope that you buy them at your local bookstore. I hope that if you do not buy them at your local bookstore, you buy them from thrift books um, or from somebody else used online. If you are local to Omaha, the bookstore that I really love is Next Chapter Books. It is next to Zen Coffee on Farnham Street, down the street from Hank and Axe. So you can go get your Oribe while you go get local coffee, and then you can stop in to your local coffee shop. I will leave you with this paragraph. Someone tell 10-year-old Jersey Dudek that he's going to save two penalties in a European Cup final by making the weirdest possible choice. Someone tell 21-year-old Jersey Dudek playing for $1,800 a year 
that he is a decade away from lifting the European Cup. You can't see the future coming. Not the terrors, for sure. But you also can't see the wonders that are coming. The moments of light-soaked joy that await each of us. These days, I often feel like I'm Jersey Dudek walking out for the second half down 3-0. Feeling as hopeless as I do helpless. But of all of the unimportant things, football is the most important. Because seeing Jersey Dudek sprint away from that final penalty, save to be mobbed by his teammates, reminds me that someday, and maybe someday soon, I will also be embraced by people I love. It is May of 2020, 15 years since Dudek's spaghetti legs, and this will end, and the light-soaked days are coming. I hope you guys pick up reading this year, and I hope that you start with these books. I would love to know what you think of them, and I would love to know your recommendations of the books that have changed your life. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye.